listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Boy, this is one of those days. It just, I find it so hard to preach. Some, I've been studying Our Lady of Guadalupe for ooh, about 30 years, <laughs> reading everything I can get my hands on, and I've been there to Mexico. Anyone here ever been to the shrine in Mexico? Okay. Yeah, it's just really something. Oh, my goodness. And uh, you think about the other day, the Immaculate Conception on the 8th, and St. Juan Diego, and then the, this, the readings Advent. I just feel like we're just swimming in grace here lately as we're getting ready for Christmas. And then Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh, so many details. The, the story is incredibly beautiful. If you've ever read the original account, the Nikon Mapua. So there was a guy who wrote down the account of the story while Juan Diego was still alive. And Juan Diego was able to confirm that that written account was accurate and uh, the name of the document, it was written in the Nuato language, which is the native language, Nikon Mapua. That's the name of the document. And it's in the New York City Public Library. <laughs> I don't know how it got there. Probably somebody stole it. I don't know. But it's in the rare archives area of the New York City Public Library. And uh, it is just fascinating. I have an audio recording of somebody speaking it in the Nuato language. It's just really super interesting and so many details like, oh, how much time do we have today? Oh, okay. Um, I had commented yesterday that first reading from the prophet Isaiah about the desert blooming, you know, it sounded like Our Lady of Guadalupe. A tremendous story of the whole thing and the fact that the, the image is still there. And um, I'm just going to focus on one single point today, something for us to think and pray about. The, um, the tilma, the apron of St. Juan Diego became the canvas upon which the miraculous image was imprinted. Um, and it's so nice we have a, a copy right here. And it's so interesting. Um, it, it was uh, an important piece of clothing for the native people. They used to use that for quite a lot of things, you know. And um, it was made or is made out of cactus fiber. So it's a very rough kind of working type of cloth most likely would have deteriorated within about 20 years. And yet it's still fine. You know, it's, they did a test where they made a bunch of images on this, fa this fabric and they put them around the basilica. And within 10 years, they were all falling apart and black with candle soot. And, and yet this original image is just there. It's amazing. Um, at one point, they, they were cleaning the frame and they spilled acid on the image. So if you look on the upper right-hand corner, there's what looks like a watermark that was from the acid. <laughs> it didn't damage. It's like an ongoing miracle. And in the 1920s, the anti-Catholic government planted a bomb underneath the image, and the bomb blew apart the corner of a marble altar, and it twisted a steel crucifix. The image was fine. <laughs> you know. So there have been other miracles associated with this image. But that, that tilma, that, that uh, apron of Juan Diego, uh, being of that coarse cactus fabric um it's so interesting because what we see here is an image of mother mary but also this woman from the bible the woman clothed with the sun she's an image of the church as well it's mary is the church in person and um i have spoken with a number of people who were given the honor 
of studying the image up close with like microscopes and computers. And, and the thing that, that uh, came out of that conversation was that there are flaws in the fabric, that it's not perfect fabric. The flaw, there's flaws in the fabric. And the, the, what they told me was it's so interesting when you're able to study the image that closely, you start to realize that the flaws are in a perfect place to enhance the image. For example, I guess there's a knot in the fabric. And it makes it look like Mother Mary's got a dimple in her chin. That's a knot in the fabric, and it's right there. How amazing. And in praying over that, I thought, this is such a great message for us. Because the if you study the era when this happened, 1531, it was messy. It was such a mess. The... Uh, the Spanish conquistadors, the Europeans that had come over, they had mistreated the native people. They were corrupt. They were looking for gold and for treasure and whatever. The native people had felt so conquered. Their God had failed. They were all depressed and, and felt like the world was ending. It was so messy. At the same time, Europe was being torn apart with the Protestant Reformation. It was such a messy time. And in the middle of this messy time, here comes this apparition this amazing gift that happens that Mother Mary steps in and uh, she wins over everybody. She won over everybody. You know, there's so many little details in this image. It's almost like a pictorial catechism for the native people. There's a little flower over her womb. She's pregnant here and there's an image on her dress. It's a little flower. So they found in the Aztec writings, that image of that flower is their symbol for God. She is pregnant with God, like, whoa, you know, beautiful. But in the midst of the mess, this amazing thing happens. And also, the, the fabric being flawed, and yet on this flawed fabric is put the image of the church. And it reminds me that, yes, the church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, but also the church is messy. There are, there's flaws, you know, in the people, right? And um, so somehow I find a great consolation in pondering that in this image, that even like, let's say, when I feel temptation to discouragement because of the flaws that I see in the church, especially when the flaws that I see when I look in the mirror, you know, that to, to realize on some level, all of this has to be part of God's plan. You know, that, that we're, we're sinners, we're imperfect, that we're struggling. And I'll never forget the first day that that idea came to me. I really felt it was the Holy Spirit inspiring me that the the, the flaws, the imperfections in the fabric of this image, you know, speaks to us of the imperfections of the church. Um, I'll never forget being blown away. And then um, at mass that day, the hosts were um, whole wheat. So they, it wasn't the beautiful white, perfect looking host, but the, the host that I held at the altar looked a, a little imperfect and kind of, you know, a little rough. And it, and it kind of spoke to me of the same that, you know, as I held the Lord in my hands, it, he holds all of us in his hands to not be scandalized at the imperfections, including your own, that somehow all of this is part of God's plan. We have a good human nature, but we're, it's weak and it's wounded and we need the Lord. We need his grace, you know, for ourselves, for the church, and even in the messiness of our times, at some level to be okay, to be at peace. It's messy. It's always been messy. It's going to be messy until the end. And uh, so we give thanks to Mother Mary for once again coming to our rescue, being a sign for us, a sign that gives us tremendous hope.
Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.